if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we welcome you to Countdown to March Madness number three as we inch closer under two weeks away from Selection Sunday. And uh, boy, we are getting close to that. And it's going to be interesting. We got uh, 13 conference tournaments starting this week. I don't know how many conferences there is overall. I guess 32, right? Is that how that works? I guess 32 sounds right because it's 32 automatic bids. 22. 32, yeah. Yeah. You win. There's, I'm trying to do the math there. There's 19 conference tournaments the week after, so next week, which that'll be very stressful because some of those conference tournaments are the big ones. I mean, the rest of them are. The only conference tournament starting this week that really means a ton would be the Mountain West and the West Coast because there's two potential one seeds there. But uh, we'll get into all that later. Uh, a lot of uh, winners and losers of the week, a lot of uh, changes, a lot of mixing of the seedings and the teams getting in, teams get, uh, coming out. I'll do my bracketology stuff at the end since, you know, I've been uh, going hard. I'm trying, yeah, to, yeah. I'm, I'm trying I'm to be impressed. a little different from the mainstream people because a lot of the things that I see nowadays – from the mainstream quote-unquote bracketologist, which I am not one of. I'm not even close. I'm not even a non-mainstream bracketologist. I'm just <laughs> writing things down and sticking with it. But uh, Arizona is the most overrated team in the country. That's what that comes down to. We'll get into that in a minute. Obviously. But um, winners and losers of the week, what do you got? That's what I got. Um, and if there's anything you want to add, go ahead. I got uh, Florida State beat Louisville handedly uh, by 15. Uh, really thought this would, would help. FSU uh, be on track to maybe get a one seed, but that <laughs> failed. Yeah, they miserably. lost to Clemson. Uh, Texas beats West Virginia, so uh, kept Texas alive for the tournament, and then Texas went and beat Texas Tech um, the other day, right? Yesterday. You know, the Longhorns are making a major they are, push. They are trying to get in the tourney, and they're trying hard. And, and from what I hear is everybody at Texas wants – uh, Texas to lose to get rid of Shaka so they can get Texas Tech's coach. But I don't think that's going to happen now. Um, no. Wake Forest uh, took uh, Duke into double overtime and beat them. Um, so I there goes Duke having a chance. The ACC is not going to have a one seed this year, which is unreal. Um, Duke is a very hard team to measure. They are. Um, they have had so many disappointments in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State uh, beat Iowa to keep their uh, chances alive for uh, winning the Big Ten Conference regular season. Oklahoma beats Texas Tech. Uh, uh, Texas Tech um, was – a, and then Texas beats Texas Tech. They were 11.5-point favorite in that game. So, um, Texas Tech is not playing well right now. Um, Maryland uh, beat Minnesota, which I know it's not really a, a big one, but it was the game, I think, itself uh, – Minnesota probably should have won that game. Minnesota has buried themselves like I, four different yeah. times in the last two weeks. I thought that that 
you know, when this game happened, I thought Maryland still might have a chance to get a one seed. Of course, uh, they ended up losing to Michigan State later in the week. Um, to and that was for Maryland to outright win the Big Ten conference. So, Big Ten's still alive right now. Um, Wisconsin beat Michigan at Michigan. Big win for them. Um, California beat Colorado, so Colorado's kind of on a slide right now. Yeah, because they lost to Stanford yesterday. Yeah, yep. Um, Penn State uh, ends up beating Rutgers, so I feel like Rutgers is moving on to the bubble or first four out. Um, I don't know your thoughts on Well, um, I have not had Rutgers in at all for like the last two weeks, and I still don't have them in. Um, I think they're more in like the first four out range right now because it's hard to measure because like they are so bad on the road and only one road win that scares me away a little bit. Yeah, but they do have some really nice wins, but those are also home games in the Big Ten, and I'm a little worried about their uh, play away from the rack. And I don't think I can put them in right now, but uh, yeah. they got a chance to make it up. This- yeah, they still got a couple. Tough, tough games left, and then maybe if they win a couple in the Big Ten tournament, you see how they play on a neutral court. Yep. Maybe that changes for people. Um, Providence wins at Nova, which I think was a really good win for them. Um, Texas, Texas over Texas Tech. All right, Providence goes into Villanova and wins at Nova. Big win for them. Um, probably helping. I mean, putting them in. Right that now. put them in for me yeah. right now, yeah. Um, TCU beats Baylor to give Baylor their third loss of the year. Not that that does anything for TCU, but maybe moves Baylor off the one line. Um, I don't, I don't know if that is enough to do that. But um, and then, like I said before, Clemson ends up beating Florida State. Uh, I don't know if this puts Clemson on the bubble or looking at the bubble or no, no, okay. See you later, Clemson. <laughs> the ACC um, is weak. Yeah. Um, Kentucky uh, beats Auburn. Oklahoma beats West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia is really struggling along with Texas Tech. Uh, Virginia has a big win against Duke um, to kind of secure their spot pretty well. Um, Virginia is playing really well right now. Um, Michigan State wins at Maryland like I said before, um, to keep that going. UCLA beats Arizona. Your, your team, Arizona, I know how much you like them. Oh, I, th- I think I uh, moved Arizona up in the net rankings after getting beat by UCLA. It'd go from like <laughs> 7 to 11, then back to 10. Yeah. Uh, team you're really high on, Creighton, got beat by St. John's. Um, of course, St. John's was at home. Creighton came back in that game. How about uh, the fact almost, that Creighton or that St. John's? Won. Go ahead. St. John's was like 240th in three-point shooting yeah, in the country, and they couldn't miss in that they game. They shot like 68% from Does three. Does that make up for them completely blowing it's it unreal. in behavior and pissing everyone <laughs> off that bet on them? Uh, probably not. No, probably not. Um, Houston uh, ended up beating Cincinnati. Out of, you said something about that move Cincinnati out of the tournament for you? Uh, barely. They're okay. very close to being back in. I think a couple, maybe a couple, maybe a big win in the American Athletic Tournament could yeah. get them back. But uh, as of right now, I think the only um, American Athletic teams that you look at that stay in are Wichita State and then, of course, um, Houston. But Wichita State saved themselves yesterday. 
Yeah. They like, were getting smoked by SMU in the first half. Yeah, what'd you say? They ended on 40 to 12 run. 40 to 12 to run. To win the game. That's impressive. Uh, Richmond beat UMass by a bunch. Uh, keeping Richmond's hopes alive. Yeah, um, man. Still got a chance. Yeah, they're still in. So I know some guys got them on the bubble. Um, Stanford beats Colorado. So Stanford still searching on the bubble there. And then uh, Utah State loses to New Mexico, which I think pushes Utah State from having a chance myself. But We'll see. We'll see what I, I think know. about Utah State. I don't know. Uh, so those, those were the games that I saw. Um, that it was a crippling loss for Utah State for sure. Yeah, yeah, not good. One interesting thing on the Pac-12 is Stanford beating Colorado. Stanford got off to a tremendous start this season. They reeled it back a little bit. They've been hitting their stride. The Pac-12 is a very interesting conference. I think it's right up there in terms of interest and intrigue of uh, how many teams they're going to get in. Because you look at it, UCLA has gone on some incredible run. Oregon is Oregon. We know what they do. They're a good team. Uh, Arizona, most overrated team in the country. They're still good. Um, I really like Nico Mannion. If you've seen me my Twitter, I talk about him a lot. Yeah. But, uh, Arizona State, they were hot. They lost this week, I believe, so they kind of took a little bit of a step down. USC's kind of been an under-the-radar team that I think should get in, despite being 3-7 and seven against Quad 1. Uh, they have 21 wins in the season. So there's a lot of intrigue in the Pac-12 um, to see how many teams they get in because I think right now they're in like the – seven range like i think yeah. they can match big east uh the big east total yeah I'm so we'll gonna, see i'm gonna agree with that and the fact that bill walton does the games i mean that's just ups the ante <laughs> can't beat point. it yep now he triggers a lot of people when he says conference of champions i really don't care um i don't know why people get so worked up over that <laughs> i don't anyway. know they won a lot of championships back when Bill remembers it. You know? UCLA has been pretty irrelevant for a while. They have, but and somehow he, he's still living in the eighties. Yeah. He, he probably doesn't even know what year it is. But um, <laughs> Mick Cronin, I mean, what a coaching job he's done. Uh, he goes, he leaves Cincinnati, a team that he was making the tournament with. I think they were a ten seed last year, and they lost to Iowa in round one. Uh, he goes to UCLA. That's a big pressure job because I, I think the standards are still high yeah they still expect to win i mean and they've won a ton of games in a row and they sit atop the pac-12 somehow and i didn't yeah think it's crazy that. crazy they're they're winning they're atop the pac-12 right now yeah i would say right now i think their roster top to bottom their roster is like fifth best in the conference yeah like i think arizona and oregon and some of those other teams are better, but they're on a run. They're feeling yeah. it, and they have a big game against USC this weekend, their last game of the season. So uh, I guess we'll transition to the net rankings, which are updated like every day, I think. it's uh, They do it a lot, and they are pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven all stay the same which is Kansas, Gonzaga, Dayton, San Diego State, Baylor, and Duke, and Michigan State. Um, so Duke stays the same. They did have a, a road loss to Virginia. And speaking of Virginia, Tony Bennett, this is one of his best jobs I think he's done because you look at what they lost from the national championship team, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter. They bring back a couple of key players, uh, Diakite and Kihei Clark, who played last year on the team. They get mm-hmm. those guys, uh, they come back. And Virginia looked like a team that was kind of on the bubble there for a while. I think they're safe now. 
Uh, they're starting to move up a little bit. You look at their resume, uh, they're 50th in the net still, which is kind of mind-boggling to me. 21-7 and seven overall, 13-5 and five, uh, in the ACC, which is a weaker ACC than normal, but they are 4-3 and three in quad one games. So I think the fact that Virginia is 50th in the net is a little puzzling to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're like I said, they're, they're starting to play better, but I don't know. The, the net, I just I don't think anybody understands it. I would say the consensus around college basketball is that no one likes it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you look at UCLA, a team who's leading the Pac-12 at 12-5. and five. They're 76th in the net, and they dropped a spot. on a, They went from 75 to 76. Yeah. How does that make any sense? I, I think they've made the net so bad that just so people, you know, would be like, oh, bring back the RPI or whatever it was. I don't know. I mean, it's they got to do strange. something. It's, it's strange. Yeah. By the way, Akron jumped UCLA in the net. Really? Yep. Wow. When was the last time UCLA Good lost a game? It's been UCLA? A, yeah. They haven't lost in a while. Eight, eight games? Yeah. yeah. How do they drop at all? Like, I, And I still – okay, so a couple of weeks ago I said the whole Arizona State-Arizona thing. I'm past that. But <laughs> Arizona State – They've been they've lost a couple. They're 49th and they have a similar resume to Arizona. And Arizona somehow is I feel like it's one of those situations where if you start um in a good spot in the net rankings, like Arizona was in the top ten going into conference play, it's very hard for you to drop unless you really lose it. Yeah. So I don't get that, but yeah. I don't know you if you have me. any thoughts on that. No, I think it's trash. I think they need to find something new. Um Hopefully they do. Not a fan. That'll Not make a fan that'll make these podcasts a lot easier if the network <laughs> was better. Um, a couple of teams that have automatic bids right now in the smaller conferences that have pretty good net rankings: East Tennessee State at forty first uh, in the Southern. Now I've, I've seen a lot of people talking about this. Could East Tennessee State get an at large if they lose in the conference final uh, to Furman or UNC Greensboro or a team like that? And I don't know. I mean, they're 27-4. and four. They're 41st in the net. So, clearly the committee sees something with them. They have four wins in the top two quads, two in each. So, I think that maybe they could. I think it's going to be hard. I mean, it's hard for any team that's in, you know, a non-Power 5 to get in as an auto bid or as a at-large bid. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing it. I think that they probably deserve it. Um, you know, the numbers say that they, they deserve it, but – I don't know. I I agree. Um, I think it's going to take something like uh, Providence falling apart, maybe like an Indiana falling apart, something like that. Yeah. Um, you look Open at their schedule. They lost to Kansas by 12. Uh, they did beat LSU by 11. Wow. Um, so they have two quad one wins. I'm trying to find what those would be. I mean, I guess – LSU, they went into LSU and won, so that's a quad that's one win. Definitely I, don't, one. I don't see another, but whatever. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't see anything that stands out to me other than they've beat some tournament teams. I mean, uh, Winthrop is a team that's been nearing an automatic bid. They beat them. Uh, I know Wofford was good last year. I don't think they're good this year, but they beat them, so congrats. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a chance. I think it's it's hard for a conference that is – the Southern, you know, like it's not a great conference overall. 
Uh, it'd be hard for them to get two bids, but we'll see. Um, another team that's high in the net that is an automatic qualifier at this moment would be Yale, who is 63rd in the net. Um, so they are ahead of UCLA, which is insane to me. Um, and they're not <laughs> that far nuts. behind Virginia. So that's, you know. Yeah. The Ivy League tournament's always a good one. I, I don't think – I don't see a scenario right now where Yale has any trouble in that conference. Um, I think Harvard is a team that they play this week, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think it's the uh, last game of the, the year in the Ivy. So. Yeah, because you look at it, and Yale has won four in a row. They're 10-2 and two in the league, and then Harvard has won six in a row. They're 9-3. and three. So I don't know if they've played each other this year before – but they would be tied, and the tiebreakers in conferences just annoy the hell out of me. But I, I do think they played. I think we talked about it last week. Um, I think they, Yale, Harvard beat them by one. Harvard beat them, yeah. So if Harvard wins this week, they would have the automatic bid going into the the, the uh, Ivy League tournament. They would be the one seed in there. So that could shake some things up um, because I don't think Harvard would be as good of a seed as Yale right now, uh, Yale's like a projected 12, 13 range. I think someone had him as 11. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Stop we'll there. see. And another big drop that we saw this week to wrap this thing up, uh, this portion was Liberty. Liberty is someone who a lot of people had as like 11 going into the week. Really? They, their conference tournament is this week. They lost to Lipscomb or Lipscomb. Oh, Lipscomb. Or the hell, yeah. Uh-huh. They lost to them, and I don't know where that Lipscomb team is in the net, but that cannot be a good loss. I bet I could find it. 14 and 15. Yeah, Lipscomb's 14 and 15. Um, They are 258th. Okay. They dropped two spots after beating Liberty, by the way. (laughs) Dropped two spots, huh? Yep. And Liberty dropped two spots for losing, so they dropped the same amount. What? (laughs) I don't get that. I don't know. I wish somebody could explain this. I like how the committee just hides for like the entire season until they do their little top 16 at the beginning of February. And then and they then go back. And then you don't hear from them again, yeah. Which makes no sense because you look at college football, they do like a top 25 every week for like right. the last month of the season. So right. college basketball needs to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they will because it doesn't seem like they care what we think, but whatever. Nope. They don't. Um, so we'll do a quick outlook on the Ouch. Um, on the power conferences, which I'm only going to put five down. I know the Big East is one of the best conferences in the country, but I only put the five in because they are the power five conferences in football, and I figured, what the hell. The Big East, we all know Seton Hall's on top. Okay, there you go. Um, in the Big 12, your leader is Kansas, who will most likely be the number one seed in that tournament. Um, and the Big Ten, which is wide open, the Big Ten has been an absolute crazy show the entire season. Yeah. And I don't know who the one's going to be, but Maryland is at top of the conference right now, and there's a lot of teams vying. And I tweeted a picture of the Big Ten standings, and everyone's going at me saying there's like one title contender in the conference. And I'm like, okay. Man. I mean, there's there's two. I think Michigan yeah. State's a title contender. I think any of them could get on a run. I, I mean, You know, the team that I would look at outside of those two would be Ohio State. I yeah. think that they could do something in the tournament, but who knows? Um, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, Maryland uh, plays at Rutgers this week. So um, if Rutgers wins that game, do you think Rutgers is in then? I would put them in if they won that game. Okay. But they'd still be like a last four in yeah. type deal. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Um, but I think other than that in the Big Ten, Minnesota's dead. Purdue is like they're not dead. But I, the grave yeah. has been dug. Yeah. I mean, because they're st- their net ranking still in the 30s, right? Yeah. They're Every above big, Illinois. 35th. Yeah. Every Big Ten team is in the top 30 or top 40 except for Nebraska, Northwestern, and uh, Indiana and Minnesota are like – Indiana's 54th, Minnesota's 46th. But I don't think they're going to put a 13-15 and 15 Minnesota team over an 18-11 uh, Indiana team. So – yeah which is weird. Like, I don't understand how Indiana's eight spots behind. And by the way, Minnesota and Indiana both jumped up. Like Minnesota went up three spots after losing to Wisconsin and Maryland. And, and then Indiana jumps up a spot after losing to Illinois. Right. So I don't know. It's weird. Sounds um, right. The Pac-12 where things are getting insane, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you look at right now the top UCLA twelve and five, Oregon eleven and five, and then three teams with ten wins: Arizona State, Colorado, and USC. Now, notice I just named five teams in the conference that have double-digit conference wins. Who didn't I mention? Oh, the committee's um, baby, Arizona <laughs> nine and nine seven, and seven. Yeah. Stanford also nine and seven. So after that cutoff line, you have your Californias, your Washington States, your Utah, your Oregon States, and your Washingtons. They're not going to make it. And I love how Washington, and we mentioned last week, a team with two potential lottery picks in the freaking NBA <laughs> is last in the Pac-12. Last. I don't get it. I don't, yeah. That, that is seriously, when you said that, I just – I can't believe it. I don't know. It is weird. And they were getting – they just got annihilated in the first half by Washington State <laughs> last week. Brutal. Um, who do you think ends up being the number one seed in the Pac-12 tournament? Uh, I don't know what the rest of the schedules look like for them. Um, but if I had to pick one of those teams, I would say Oregon. So Just, Oregon has two games left. I think that's a safe bet because they're both home games. One the uh, Thursday against Cal and Saturday against Stanford. So the way that I look at that is UCLA has one game left, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And At USC though. So USC's. So the safe bet is Oregon. Um, overall, because I think that's a more of a trustworthy team to begin with. UCLA just came out of nowhere, but, um, so I, I would agree. I think Oregon is the team that I look at there Uh, and the ACC Louisville is on top right now in that weird conference. Uh, they have a game above or the, uh, Florida state has a game in hand against them. Uh, Louisville 15 and four Florida state 14 and four. Uh, then Virginia and Duke are both thirteen and five, and then after that, it's a bunch of nine and nine teams. There's five nine and nine teams in the <laughs> ACC, and two. I would say none of them are going to make the tournament, and the only one that's close is NC State. Yeah, which they played Duke, at Duke tonight. Yep, tomorrow tonight. Yeah, if they win so, that game, they'll be in. Uh, yeah, right now I don't but, think they're. I think no. Duke's probably going to beat them by fifteen, but yeah. Duke doesn't lose to people twice in a season. Especially not on their own court. Yeah. Um, So I guess we could look at Florida State's remaining schedule to see kind of where they stand because Louisville is above them, but they have a game in it. Like they're at Notre Dame and home against Boston College. So it'd be two wins, but uh, you never know. Yeah, they just lost to Clemson. So now the thing that helps Florida State is that Louisville has to go to Virginia this week. So Florida State wins both, 
And then uh, Louisville a, wins one. Then big old tie up at the top. Yeah, that conference is a mess, so it might as well end that way. Um, <laughs> the SEC is already over. Kentucky, regular season champs. Uh, for my money, one of the best teams in the country. I don't care what anybody says. Um, so they're 14-2. and two, And then Auburn is uh, likely to be the two seed, even though they are 11-5. and five, So they got to be a little careful here because LSU is also 11-5. and five. Florida is 10-6. and six. Auburn's lost, what, three of their last five games? So... Well, that's what you expect when you're a team of that, of that uh, in that conference, and you start out as well as you do. And, yeah, you know, they weren't still rely a lot on the three too. And, and no one, no one looked at them. No one looked at them as like a title contender going into this season, despite the fact they made the Final Four. They lost some of their big players, um, mm-hmm. their guards last year, which is what carried them. Them shooting the three ball. Um, carried them in the tournament because they beat North Carolina and they beat Kentucky in March Madness of last season. So we'll see how that shakes out. I assume Kentucky will at least make a run to the SEC semifinals or championship, I bet. Uh, They just seem too good right now. I don't know who they played in the season, but I believe they do have two games left, and I think one of them is Florida. Tennessee and then at Florida, so – well, they went into Tennessee and beat them. I don't think they're going to have any trouble with them. Now, the Florida no. one is where things could get interesting. Yeah, Florida's start, starting to play well. Um, yeah, Florida lost to Tennessee last uh, week before last, I believe. But um, other than that, Florida's been good in the SEC. And the SEC is going to be a weird ending because I think we all know who's getting in out of that conference. The only team that I could see that's on the outside looking in that could make a run is Mississippi State. But after that, I think everyone that I have in right now, which is uh, four teams, Florida, LSU, Auburn, Kentucky, I think those teams are pretty safe right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll shift now to the X-Factor duos. I figured what the hell a lot of people like to talk about duos. I saw some inside-out duo things, like where it's uh, Smith and Cowan, for example. Uh, yeah. uh, but we won't do that. We'll just do overall duos just – Two players on a team who are starting and are good, I guess, is how we'll do it. So, I like uh, that we, idea. We each wrote down eight, and these are all duos that could really be key for tournament runs. So, we'll see. So, who's your first one? Are we, going, are we going to go from eight to one or one to eight? It, I don't even think the order I, matters at this no. point. Well, you said it mattered. Did I say that? You did. Well, I'm gonna start at I'm gonna start at my number eight. So you do whatever you want. I'll start at my number eight because I <laughs> I didn't number them, but I didn't really think about it that way. So it might sound dumb now, but we'll, we'll uh, it's it's all good. Uh, my number eight is gonna be Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman from Michigan State. Um, just a, they both came back this year. Um, you kind of knew that was gonna be the two guys at Michigan State um, to do things, and you know they're. Cassius is averaging 18 points a game and Tillman's averaging 13. They're pretty much the only two guys right now that are really helping that team out. Um, but not that they don't have other players, but definitely the best two on that team. So um, I don't have all the fancy stats and whatnot. <laughs> I don't have fancy stats. I just got how many they scored a game. <laughs> I don't have that. So <laughs> okay. uh, number eight for me is Trey Jones and Vernon Carey Jr. They would have been higher a couple weeks ago, probably. Um, but right now, the way that I look at it for them, they have, you know, struggled a little bit. I still think that they're very good. 
and I think they can make some sort of a run in the tournament, but I don't know what to think about Duke yet. I'm not going to know what to think about Duke until we get into the tournament, so I just figured what the hell put them at eight. I like it. I like it. You're going to be really surprised when you hear my number one then. Um, okay. <laughs> number seven, Anthony Cowan Jr. and Jalen Smith from Maryland. Uh, mine is Joe Wieskamp and Luca Garza. And um, as much as I didn't want to do it because I'm not going to, I'm not going to single a team out or pick them to lose because I don't like them, uh-huh. but I don't like Iowa, but they're good. And these two are pretty much carrying the team. Like, Absolutely. The only issue I have with Iowa is that they don't really play defense, so that could hurt them in the tournament. But those two are tremendous. And I don't know who's going to win National Player of the Year, but Luka Garza's had a hell of a season. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Iowa needs to probably win out for him to have a chance. I don't know. They they love teams that, you know, players on good teams. But they should I don't think there's top. anybody better than Luka Garza right now. Um, ESPN had that thing with the four centers, and Luka, they didn't even have Luka Garza on it. Which is um, hilarious, but also unreal. <laughs> it really made the Iowa fans mad. So yeah, I enjoyed was, it. That was the funny part. But as a college basketball fan, it did annoy me that they freaking put who did they, did they put Philip Petrusev from Gonzaga on they there? They did. I think oh my so. God. Yeah. I mean, he's I good. That was but weird. Yeah. Gars is averaging like 70 and 40. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yep. Um, my number six, I'm going with Tyshawn Alexander and Marcus Zagarski from Creighton. Um, Two guards averaging over 16 points a game. So They're going to need more depth scoring if they're going to make a run. I agree. I agree. Um, at least. Yeah, when we talk about title contenders, we'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, Which I'm sure we'll definitely have the same exact list, huh? Those are, those are going to be my two. My number seven is the two guards from Creighton. So. Actually, it's number six, by the way. <laughs> six, I mean. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Uh, mine is McKinley Wright the fourth and Tyler Bay from Colorado. Now I wrote this down before Colorado lost to Stanford, okay. but I still think Colorado is a big time threat in the tournament because I think they have what it takes inside and outside to make some sort of a, a push, like maybe the second weekend, I guess, which uh-huh. should be their goal. I mean, they're they're this good of a team in the Pac-12. You should be playing in the second weekend, but they could be prone to an upset. We don't know. Who knows? It's madness, as they say. Um, my number five, I'm going to go with Jared Butler and Macia, Macio. How do you say it? Macio. Macio Teague from Baylor. Um, again, two guards. Uh, Butler's averaging 15.7 a game, and Teague's averaging 14.1. So two solid uh, guard players from Baylor, which. Um, and Baylor, until this week, you know, was that which I still think they were one of the best teams in the country. So they have so much like they have the guys, you know, like the type of team that you look at and you'd say, okay, they can win in the tournament because they have the team playing type of guys. You know, you look at Mark Vital or Vital or however you say that guy's name, he's a stud, um, very physical player, gets rebounds. They just have those guys that create a winning formula as does Kentucky of course which is not a segue just because I wanted to give a shout out to Kentucky (laughs) Uh, my number five is Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman and they I would have had them at like number seven or eight a couple weeks ago but now they are really hitting their stride playing they are yeah um and and, I did make this like three four days ago so Michigan State's a scary team yeah yeah they are they're and Izzo coaching I 
I think that Michigan State's got a chance to make a run, especially the way they've been playing now. Um, number four, uh, I got four and four A. I just uh, it, the four guys from Kentucky uh, quickly: Maxi Richards and Haggins. 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 Um, just just all of them. Um, I know it was duos, but. It's they, okay. I'll make you it could exciting. you could mix and match any of those guys. I'm guessing that you did. They were like your one and two. Or I something. didn't. I didn't put <laughs> Maxi or Richards on here. Okay. But shout out. Okay. My number four is like, for my money, like two weeks ago they would have been number one. I didn't drop them for any specific reason, but Anthony Cowan Jr. and Jalen Smith, um, are my guys there. They're both. They've both been to the tournament before. You know, uh, Maryland was in last year. Um, I think Smith is a sophomore, isn't he? I don't know, dude. I don't know either. Uh, whatever. But I know Cowan's a senior. Uh, excellent, excellent point guard. One of the X-Factor point guards we brought up a couple weeks ago. A uh, very solid duo. Yeah. Yep, good team. Um, good duo. Uh, I just had Smith. I, I had them lower because of Smith. Um, which just – And now if Smith utilizes all the tools that he has, if he can shoot the ball, make plays underneath, get rebounds, be physical, block some shots, that is when they become extremely dangerous. True, true. If he if he's going, that team's going to be hard to beat. Uh, my number three, we already talked about him, I have Wies Camp and Garza as my number three. Um, just because those two guys are basically carrying Iowa through this season. Um, when Wieskamp has a bad game, it seems like Iowa loses. Uh, so that's why I got them up so high. And Garza hasn't had a bad game yet, but check in later. Um, number two for me is Yudoka Azabuki and Devon on, Dotson from Kansas. We're on number three. Number three, wait, <laughs> we're on number two. Nice try. Uh, we're on number three. Sorry. What? <laughs> I got really confused. Okay. Um, I had to mix and match some things. But Azabuki and Dotson, I probably should have put like five here instead of eight, but whatever. Uh, Azabuki got hurt twice against Kansas State. I think he's okay. That would be big. If he if he's playing well, look at what he did against Baylor, 23-19. and 19. And then Dotson is one of the more underrated stud point guards in the country. I don't know if he's underrated, but I feel like we don't talk about him enough for Kansas. Yeah, I agree. Um, there, Devon Dotson and Azubuki were my number two, actually. So uh, definitely, definitely one of the best duos in the game in college basketball right now. So, so my number two is they're like one B. Seriously, Obi okay. Toppin and Jalen Crutcher from Dayton and they are studs I mean Obi Toppin for my money if Luca Garza wasn't having an insane season he's the consensus player of the year he's been unbelievable Dayton is 28 or 27 and 2 I mean what because you look at that team Archie Miller left and like <laughs> three years after leaving he hasn't made the tournament with Indiana yet though he probably will get, this year yeah and Dayton is this good yeah I guess um during the Illinois game last night, there was a guy st- behind Indiana's uh, bench, and he yelled, "You're the greatest thing that's ever happened to Dayton. You leaving was the greatest thing that ever happened to Dayton basketball." <laughs> it's looking that way. I just thought that was funny. So, um, my number one is going to be Trey Jones and Vernon Carey Jr. So, 
of course that was a couple of days ago. I, I see what you're saying now, but yeah. Um, Anywho. my number one is, uh, Ashton Hagens and Emmanuel quickly of Kentucky. Now, if it was trios, I would have put Tyrese Max Jr. because I think he's just as good. But you look at what Quickly and Higgins are doing, you interlink them because they're both sophomores who came back to Kentucky. Higgins has taken a huge step forward. His perimeter defense is excellent. Quickly is pretty good defensively as well. That's the difference with Kentucky this year. Their guards defensively are better than most years we've seen with Calipari. And then you look at uh, what Quickly does, insanely good free throw shooter, one of the best in the country. I think he's second in the country in free throw percentage. They can both shoot. Higgins isn't that great of a shooter. But for some reason, all three of Kentucky guards are the greatest floater shot makers of all time. (laughs) They make every single one. They go straight into the lane, throw it up, float action. It's money every time. Money every time. So that should be interesting to see what Kentucky can do with all this weirdness since their team is way different than usual this year. Uh, Seven title contenders. Now, this is in no order. No order. So you just say seven. I you, got seven. You, put, you can just say all your seven at once. You ready? Yep. Okay. I have Kansas, Baylor, Maryland, Florida State, Kentucky. Um, I had Creighton on the list. I am Xing Creighton out. I am putting Michigan State, and my last one's going to be Seton Hall. So we have four of the same. They shouldn't be the same, so, you know. Well, uh, it's more interesting. That way. I, I thought that we should have picked like one team that has no shot that we think has a shot, but I may have done that. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. Kansas. Okay. Kentucky. Uh-huh. Baylor. These sound like they're in order, by the way. They're not. I'm just <laughs> saying the ones that we have similarly for the first Okay. Four. I got you. And Michigan state. Okay. My other three. Duke, I still think that they can do it. Gonzaga, because I think that their size and their front court with Petrusev and Tilly underneath when they're healthy, that can be lethal. And Dayton, because I think a player like Obi Toppin, who is a star player, can do so. Like, if he plays to his potential and what he's done all season in the tournament, good luck beating them. That's all I have to say. And it's not like he's the only player on the team. He gets all the recognition and all that, but Crutcher's excellent. They have solid guards too. So, I mean, you know, hey, Mm -hmm. very good Dayton team. That being said, my my seven will be changed in like a week and Dayton might not be on there, but we'll see. See what happens. You never know. I don't know if I have the stones to keep them there the whole time because I I don't know. Uh, Also, quick shout out to Seton Hall. I think they could – they would have been one of, near the top of my list like two weeks ago. I still think they can do it, but uh, we will see how they end the season. Also, I think Villanova is good enough too. Um, there's a lot of teams you could say. Yeah. But that's think, just the way the season's been. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Okay. So agree. we have a shorter list of questions this week. Just quick hitters real quick here. Then we'll get into the conference tournament starting this week. Then we'll hit the bracketology and then we'll be done. Uh, this is episode three of Countdown to March Madness on ECSW, Anchor, Apple, Spotify. Shout out all the other ones. Um, all the above. Yeah. Uh, first up, in the American Athletic, will Cincinnati make the tournament? Um, I put that, I the, and this was a couple of days ago before they lost to Houston. Um, I thought that they had a good chance. I still think they're 
they have a chance, but I think it's very slim now myself. Um, and I, I, th- I think it's weird. Like I know Tulsa hasn't had a great season, but aren't they like up there battling for first? And they're not. Nobody's even talking about them. Well, um, in the American Athletic, as of right now, uh, Tulsa is twelve and four, tied with Houston at the top. Okay. And I would say that Tulsa is is close. I think they're close. Okay. I, I just didn't know. Um, but as far as Cincinnati, I think that they're going to have to do some more work personally. I would agree. Um, right now, if you look at it, uh, they play South Florida mm-hmm. and someone else that I already forgot uh, in the season. Temple, yeah. Yep. They could win so both of those. And they they could, yeah, if they win both of those, they get to 20 wins. I think they're probably in. Um you know, win a couple games in the in the conference tournament, and uh, I think they got a chance. But yeah, um, speaking of Tulsa, the problem for them is that they're eighty second in the net. Okay, and and then if you look at their overall resume, it would probably take them having to win uh, the AC AAC tournament um, mm. because their resume. I mean, they're two and three against quad one, three and four against quad two, which isn't bad. But they also have a loss in both quad three and four so that can damage them a little bit um but yeah i I think cincinnati i don't think they get in but i think that uh they can but i don't think they will um in the a10 can they secure three bids so going into this weekend they would have had three bids according to myself with Mm -hmm. richmond dayton and rhode island now i think rhode island drops out they lost to say rhode island loss yeah yeah um yeah, I don't think they're getting three teams in. I think I think if Dayton somehow doesn't win the tournament, they might get two teams in, but I I think it's a long shot for them to get two teams in or to get three teams in. If I mean I think two's a stretch right now, honestly. I think two they're pretty safe there unless Richmond and uh Rhode Island both fall apart in the tournament and then uh, if Dayton doesn't win the tournament, that's how you get two. Yeah. Um, but it's it's going to be a tough one for them to get three. So in the ACC, who would you bet on in March between Louisville, Florida State, Virginia, and Duke? Uh, I put Duke because you never bet against Coach K. I would agree with that, although I would have thought you being a big-time Florida State <laughs> alum, I would have guessed that you would. Well, and then Florida, Florida State. State lost to Clemson, you know. so Things happen, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, st- I still think – any three of these teams have a chance to, to you know, at least make the lead eight. I don't know about final four. I don't know if any of these teams are good enough for that. Um, but I still think that even if they don't, you know, I still think they can, one of them might still win the championship. I think that all of them can make the lead eight. Um, I would say Virginia, Virginia could make some sort of a run. Maybe. Virginia, yeah. Yeah, not I not agree. like a not like a final four run, but probably close. Yeah, depending on where they end up uh, region wise. Uh, in the Big Twelve, can any team not named Kansas or Baylor get to the second weekend of the Sweet Sixteen? Um, I put not a chance, uh, except for maybe Oklahoma because of Long Kruger. Shout out to the Illini. Okay, <laughs> I also no, put not, not a, chance. a chance in hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
but I, I would look at maybe Texas Tech just because of recency bias and the fact that they made it to the championship last year, even though they're nowhere near the team they were last year. Um, yeah, I doubt it. Long but you're talking time. about only winning two games, so. Yeah, but they're going to be likely, most of those teams are going to end up in like the seven or the eight or the nine or the ten yeah, where you're playing, playing a one or a two. Second round. Yeah, we'll yep. see. Um, in the Big Ten, is Rutgers going to make it? Um, I, I don't think so after losing to Penn State. Um, they have Maryland and at Purdue. Um, Maryland at home, and then they play at Purdue um, for their final two games. So I think that if they win both of them, uh, they might have a chance. Uh, getting a road win at Purdue would be huge for them. Is the Maryland um, game at the rack? Yes. Yeah. So they so, have two games left, right? They have two games, yeah. They play Maryland at home, and then they play at Purdue. So If they win out, they're in. I think so. Um, if they and, get 20 wins in the regular season, then yeah. – And yeah. like I talk, said something earlier, um, if they make a run in the Big Ten tournament, I think it helps their – you know, of course that always helps, but to show that they can play on a neutral court, not only – you know, because they, yeah. they haven't won away from the rack very much. One game, I think. Who did they even beat on the road? Nebraska, I think. Yeah, I mean. Um, so, but I think proving that you can win on a neutral court would, would help the committee let them in. Does that um, even count at Nebraska? I mean, seriously? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Didn't Northwestern beat Nebraska? Now they're in a tie for last That was a showdown yesterday. Tie yeah. for 13. So yeah. I, yeah, I think that I think they're going to have to win both games, honestly, and then make a run in the Big Ten. So here's the scenarios I see for them: if they win out, if they win both games to end the season with Maryland, Purdue, and they win at least a game in the Big Ten tournament, then I think they're in. Now, they're lock, yeah. I if they so. if they lose one of these, if they beat Maryland and lose to Purdue, they need to get to at least the semifinals in the Big Ten, I think, to get. Uh, a chance yeah. and then the other scenario would just be to win the Big Ten championship tournament mm-hmm. championship so I don't know I would have thought like two weeks ago that they would be a lock because they didn't have that many road games yet and they had some coming up but they can't win one so a win at Purdue would be massive because Purdue doesn't lose at home that often even though they have this year um, a little bit to Michigan Illinois a couple others uh, but we'll see uh, in the Big East will all of all three of Creighton, Villanova, and Seton Hall secure top four seasons. Now, this would have been like a guarantee before Creighton lost to St. John's. Yeah, um, I, I still think they will be. I mean, I, I can still see them being threes and fours. Uh, it's just like, I don't know. I just find it weird that the Big East has a bunch of, you know, has three teams that are going to be in the top four and the Big Ten might have one, one or two. <laughs> um, I, I know that they're both, you know, probably the two best conferences in, in you know, the nation. But By a lot. I just feel like, you know, why, would the, why does the Big East get three teams in the top four and the Big Ten might get one? You know, whoever wins the Big Ten. <laughs> seems like and then everybody else is going to be five through 11 but so i think the argument for that is the fact that seton hall has 10 that went uh, quad one wins creighton has eight and villanova has seven you look at the best teams in the big 10 maryland has seven michigan state has seven penn state has seven iowa has eight wisconsin has eight so they're all good 
mm-hmm. then like Seton Hall has ten quad one wins. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's it's fair, but I think that uh, it's overshadowed by like the big teams in the bad conferences, like Kansas and Baylor being as good as they are. That takes away two top four seeds, Kentucky right. and Auburn. Pretty much, Auburn should be a four. Who knows? We'll see. Duke, Louisville, Florida State. So I think that it's a guarantee that they will, uh, close to a guarantee at least. Um, I have them all penciled in on the three line right now. So we will see how that goes. Seton Hall still has a chance for a two, I think. But um, we'll see. Uh, In the Pac-12, will they get five-plus bids? Yeah, I think they should get six or seven. I mean, looking at them. I think seven is right around where they'd be, especially if UCLA gets in. Yeah, um, it'd be hard. It'd be hard to have the team that wins the regular season Pac-12, and then you don't let them in the tournament, right? Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, your team, the the teamrankings.com, I know you hate them, but they have, right now, they have UCLA with 31% chance of getting in, which is my I don't understand that at all. I don't know. It's, it's like the net, you know? Nobody's supposed to understand it. It's got to be worse than the net, probably. <laughs> it might be, yeah. Um, and the SEC. Is the SEC better than the ACC? Because both of these conferences are pretty brutal. And I'd say out of the out of the big uh, six conferences, I'd say the SEC is probably – or the SEC and the ACC are probably the two worst yeah. out of the big six. Um, yeah, I think they're probably the same. Um, I wouldn't call one better than the other. Um, they both have three or four really good teams and then they just kind of fall off. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say one's better than the other personally. I think the top of the ACC overall is a little bit better. I like, uh, mm-hmm. I like Florida state Duke and Louisville over Kentucky, Auburn and LSU. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think, uh, naturally Kentucky's better than all of them. Of course. Why wouldn't sure. I say that? But you know, sure. um, the SEC and the ACC are the same damn conference, except yeah. the middle of the ACC is a little bit weirder, like Notre Dame and Syracuse and NC State. It's a little weirder. Yep. No, I yeah, I I think they're pretty much. I mean, you could flip flop them, put different names on them, and it'd it'd be the same. Yeah. So. All right, so let's get into the early conference tournaments starting this week. There's 13 of them. I'm going to go over every single one, where it's being played, when it starts, and the team that's leading or is the one seed in the tournament already because I don't have all of them because things could still change because some of them start this weekend. But let's go. Do it. All right. I know these are all conferences that everyone cares deeply about and will be (laughs) glued to the TV screen for. The American or America East Starts Saturday on March 7th. Um, that's It's being played at where the higher seed is. So the higher seed is the home team. Okay. I don't know who the one seed in that tournament is, although uh, Vermont is leading the conference right now. Um, in the Atlantic Sun, that starts tomorrow. That's a, a higher seed home tournament as well. Liberty leads right now. Uh, in the Big South, which is campus sites. I don't know really. I guess that's the same thing. Higher seed plays at home. I don't it know sounds why. like it, yeah. Yeah, Radford leads the uh, Big South. Radford. In the, in the Colonial, that uh, Big South starts tomorrow. The Colonial starts on Saturday uh, in Washington, D.C. The person who lead or the team that leads that conference right now is, of course, 
someone that I can't even find on this list. So Hofstra. Yeah, I don't know why. Do I? Okay, they're they're there. Okay, because I put C A A because that's the whole name. I, I don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> the Horizon, which will be a campus site thing, and then they play in Indianapolis for the championship or something yeah. like that. Uh, Wright State leads that starts tomorrow. The Missouri Valley, which is probably the most overall intriguing one, because the other two that really anyone cares about are like guarantees. Uh-huh. But uh, Northern Iowa leads that. That'll start on Thursday in St. Louis. Um, in the Mountain West, starting on Wednesday, will be in Vegas. San Diego State will be the one seed there, obviously. Uh, in the Northeast, starting on Wednesday at the Higher Seed Home Tournament as well. Uh, Robert Morris, I believe, leads. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in the Ohio Valley, in Evansville, Indiana, starting on Wednesday, Belmont on top of that right now. Uh, in the Patriot League, Higher Seed Home, obviously, uh, tomorrow colgate toothpaste on top of that conference uh the southern which starts on friday in Asheville, north carolina um the leader of that is uh east tennessee state yeah east tennessee state and then the sun belt on saturday higher seed home to start and then they go to new orleans the leader of the sun belt is little rock and then finally the west coast conference starts on thursday the tournament in Vegas and Gonzaga, obviously, on top there. So we got 13 starting this week, 19 wow. starting next week, and the chaos begins tomorrow, really, because tomorrow is really where this all starts because then you're going to start to see your automatic bids. Most of those teams will fill in around 13 to 16, and we'll go from there. Okay. Fantastic. Quick breath. All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> bracketology to end it. The field of 68 plus. This was updated at approximately 12:40 p.m. Central Standard Time on March 2nd, 2020, by myself. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to talk about teams that are moving and where I have seeds right now because we didn't go over this last week. We'll go over this every week leading up to the tournament. Now I don't know when the when the bracket comes out on the Sunday. I don't know if we're going to do a Sunday night or a Monday thing. I don't know yet, but we'll find out. We'll figure um, it out. Yep. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Big shocking reveal with the one seeds. Uh, Kansas is my number one overall team, followed by Gonzaga, Baylor, and Dayton in that order. So, any thoughts? Uh, sounds solid to me. It's similar to um, most. I think some yeah. people have San Diego State in there. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah, no. I I think that San Diego State probably, you know, just losing a couple games, that, that happens, so. I like it. All right, my two seeds uh, in order, San Diego State, Maryland, Kentucky, and Florida State. Now, it should be noted that Kentucky, from the beginning of last week to this week, has moved from a three to a two, Thank you, uh, thanks to Creighton. Any thoughts? Oh, Creighton falling off. Yeah, Creighton went to a three. So. Um, I think that's all right. I'm okay with Kentucky being a two seed. Um, which most people still have them at three. And uh, to those people, I say, get with the times, okay? <laughs> Who cares they lost to one of the worst teams in the country in November? It's a long it's time It's a horrible ago. loss, a hor- probably the worst loss that any big-time school has suffered in the last 15 years. But still, except for Virginia losing to UMBC. But that actually, no, never mind. That's, that's just because the stage it was on, whatever. Uh, three <laughs> seeds. Seton Hall, Creighton, Villanova, so big time Big East there. And then Duke. Yeah, you're all Big East. Duke is a three seed. I believe, I don't have it written down, but Duke did move from a two to a three, and uh, as well as Creighton moving from a two to a three this week. 
sounds good. Okay. Uh, what about uh, you don't have? I guess you don't have Maryland. You got Maryland on the four line, don't you? No, there are two. I said there's. Oh, did you say? I'm sorry. Yeah. I missed it. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, four seeds: Louisville, Oregon, Michigan State, and Auburn. So Michigan State moves from a five to a four. They went into Maryland and won. So congrats to them. Big ups. They are seventh in net, by the way. And uh, if you look at the net rankings of my four seeds, Louisville 9, Oregon 18, Michigan State 7, and Auburn 27. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, Five seeds. Penn State drops from a four to a five. BYU, uh, who's number nine in the net now. BYU's ninth in the net, which is amazing to me. Uh, Butler and then Ohio State. uh, The Buckeyes moved from a six to a five. Got Butler as a five? Yep. Okay. All right. Six seeds. Uh, Colorado goes from a five to a six. Iowa and uh, Wisconsin goes from a seven to a six. And then Marquette is my fourth six seed. I like it. Seven seeds. Michigan. Houston. Illinois goes from an eight to a seven, and then Arizona is barely a seven. They're close to getting to an eight. They got to do something. You know, I like any time you say Illinois is not an eight or a nine seed. So, which most people have them as that. We'll see how that shakes <laughs> out. It's a little uh-huh. bit of a weird situation. Yeah. What is, what's uh, uh, Lenardi have them as an eight seed against Virginia or something? Right yeah, now? that would be brutal. Yeah be real brutal let me just look real quick at what jerry palm of cbs has them at just for a reference point he has them as a six okay wow playing northern iowa and if they won they would play villanova that wouldn't be bad too mm-hmm. anything's gonna be bad it's <laughs> yeah it's not gonna be easy yeah all right eight seeds the only team in the top 10 seed Quadrant. The only team besides Liberty to move two seeds is West Virginia. They go from a six to an eight. They've been brutal lately. They look like a yes. terrible basketball team. Uh, St. Mary's, Virginia goes from a nine to an eight, and then LSU also on the eight line. Okay. And then on the nine, Arizona State, they drop from an eight to a nine. Florida, Xavier, and USC goes from a ten to a nine. All right, tens. Texas Tech it goes from a 9 to a 10. Wichita State, Oklahoma, and Stanford goes from an 11 to a 10. Now, Stanford, they're trending upward, so I wouldn't be that surprised if we're sitting there next Monday and there are 9, but we'll see. Um, 11 seeds. Northern Iowa has an automatic bid right now out of Missouri Valley. They still have to win that tournament. Uh, Indiana goes from 10 to 11. UCLA comes in as the uh, current automatic qualifier in the Pac-12. And then Utah State drops from 10 to 11 and then Providence. So your two playing or your playing game for the 11 would be Utah State and Providence in this scenario. Okay. So you still have Utah State in at this yes, point. They're, okay. they're very close to dropping. They, they, were, they were one of my better 10 seeds. They were like my second or third 10 seed. And now they're all the way back to a last four end team. Gotcha. So they're trending downward. Uh, 12s. East Tennessee State, Stephen F. Austin, Yale. Yeah, Yale moved from 13 to 12, by the way. And then Texas and Richmond would be the 12 play-in game uh, for that. Okay. And by the way, um, Stephen F. Austin is 79th in the net. Yale, 63rd. 
East Tennessee State 41st, so pretty well above others in that 12 spot um, in terms of the net, which really, who cares? Uh, 13 <laughs> seeds, North Texas, Vermont, Akron, who just moved uh, ahead going into the MAC, and then Liberty dropped from 11 to 13 because they lost a Lipscomb or whatever that school is. Okay. Big drop for the Flames or whatever that. they're called. <laughs> gotcha. Then 14 seeds, no one moved or anything. It's just all straight up automatic qualifiers automatic going into quals. the tournament. So sure. out of the whack, New Mexico State, Sunbelt, Little Rock, Big West, UC Irvine, and then Ohio Valley was Belmont at the 14 spot. 15s out of the Colonial Hofstra, out of the Summit, North Dakota State, out of the Horizon Wright State, and then out of the Patriot, Colgate, and then the 16s. Remember, there's two playing games for this, so the top two would not be in playing games, which would be Montana out of the Big Sky and Radford out of the Big South. Your final four of those teams, they're not going to get to the final four, I can guarantee you that. Um, <laughs> play-in teams, Siena out of the Metro, Robert Morris out of the Northeast, uh, Prairie View out of the SWAC, and then North Carolina a and out of the Mideastern. And then finally, the last four in – Texas, Richmond, Utah State, and Providence. Those are also my last four by teams. So they would be play-in teams. Those two or those four teams would all be that. First four out. I should note that coming into today in terms of the last week, Rhode Island and Cincinnati have dropped out. They've become first four out teams. Texas and Providence have come in. NC State, Rhode Island, Cincinnati, Rutgers is my first four out. And then my next four out is Mississippi State, Memphis, Arkansas, and Purdue. Now, Memphis will probably not be anywhere on this by next week because I'm very low on them to begin with. Yeah. But that's my thought there. Okay. Dude, that was good a lot work. Of good work. I'm, I'm well, impressed that you put that effort in. So I have no life. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. Uh, and it's very hard to make it to where it doesn't look like you're copying off of anybody because why would I waste my time doing all this without? If you're just going to copy off somebody. Not gonna I get it. No, no. I thought it was very, very well put together. Good job. Good and job. Um, hopefully next week it is not that much change, but it will be because this whole thing is insane. Yeah. Once these conference turn, these automatic bids change and these teams that are supposed to win don't win. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be tough. We'll see how that goes. But I'll go over that every week leading into the tournament now. As yeah. I guess next week will be our last one pre-selection show Sunday, I think. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. yeah, there'll probably be some change in it this week. It should be interesting to see how it looks going into the big conference tournament week, which will be next week. But uh, do you have anything else to say or to add? No. Just good work, man. That's all I got to say. So, Also, I wanted I've to note, these. because I wrote down Ohio State, the reason that I moved them to a five and I have them as high as I do, number one, they're 16th in the net. They have 11 wins in the first two quads, and they beat Kentucky and Villanova, which hold weight in that regard. So They, they, will, they look really good right now. Yeah, they will be one of the higher-seeded Big Ten teams. Yeah, they took, took care of Michigan yesterday handedly, um, and they play Illinois thursday so yeah they beat the brakes off of michigan uh for michigan in the second half yesterday they couldn't miss from three and that's a team like i said ohio state they have a really good roster and i think if they can get hot and they shoot the way they have been they're gonna be a tough out yep i agree all right well that'll do it for uh 
Countdown to March Madness number two or number three. Wow. Um, we'll have number four next week. The last one pre-selection show Sunday. We'll do a couple more after that to cover the tournament to wrap it all up. As though it is officially March. So congrats to John Rothstein because I know he's excited. It's March point. time. Yeah, so we'll see how the whole thing shakes out. We'll see you next Monday. Later. <laughs>